Press. I'm Chris. I'm Jake. And we have an exciting Christmas special. We here. have a Christmas special for you. So this. And uh, apparently, Chris, you booked as a guest that I'm not allowed to know. Who yes, it is. yeah. I got a very special guest coming on the podcast today. It's I think it's the only podcast he's chosen to be on this entire year. Oh, really? So this is a very, very unique opportunity. I so hope this everybody is like really an enjoys exclusive. it. It's an exclusive. Um, it's, okay. It's something I mean, that's, ha- I mean, I've been doing this a long time. It's something that's, you know, it's it's earned me a lot of credibility. And I and it's the only way I was able to get this very special guest. So, I'm, I'm really, so this is a big deal. This is a really big deal. This okay. might be the biggest guest to ever be on any podcast okay, of that, all time. I feel you're overselling it now. There is no hyperbole involved. Okay. We also have a lot of cool segments here. We have uh, modern cars that are going to be future collectibles. This is always a very contentious topic to, to talk about. Yeah, we're going to see if, that, if any of those we'll discuss. I came up with a list. I'm sure Jake will have some more. We've also got some news, and we've got a bunch of listener stuff that um, I've got set aside that I've been kind of stacking up that we can talk about as well. Awesome. And a lot of you guys are going to be listening to this on Christmas Eve, maybe driving to your family's house or on Christmas when the rest of the podcast hosts who are lazy, not recording anything yeah. this week. Uh, so Merry Christmas. I hope you had a good one. And um, will we have a, a podcast before New Year's? No. Why not? We won't. Well, it'll be New Year's Eve. This comes out. Wait. Yeah, it'll be on New Year's Day is when our next podcast comes out, I guess. Well, anyway, Happy New Year's. <laughs> We don't Merry have to Christmas. say Happy New Year yet, do we? Uh, ha- Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays. Yeah. How about that? There so with that, what's been going on with you, Chris? Car has actually gone to the body shop. Right. Which is, did we talk about that last week? I you don't mentioned think we it was on its way, I think. Yeah, it's I gone. Don't know. They haven't have they touched worked? it yet. They haven't. That's they what haven't. I'm curious about. Yeah, I just sent them an email today. Hey, what's going on? And I'm trying to decide how like hands-on I need to be with this process. Because okay. last time I was a little hands-off. Right. And... Wasn't too happy with how things well, came we out. Talked about that with unfortunately a lot of car services. You know, like when I drop my car off at the Audi dealership, sometimes you do need to hound them to get things done. Right. So I'm going to probably be a little more hands on this time, which is hard because hands it's around their neck. Yeah. Well, hopefully we don't have. Hopefully we don't have to go that far. Okay. Um. But uh, it's the problem is it's like an hour and a half from my house or an hour and oh. twenty minutes. So I'll you probably drive out there, there once every few days during the process and just suck it up and see how it goes i guess but that's all that's really new with me i mean i got my turbo in the mail um you know i got i started cleaning the garage sort of you you inspired me because you sent me this picture of your garage looking like <laughs> you've never done anything in the garage well, it's I, so organized that i'm like you need to break something right i haven't yet because i basically cleaned everything out of the garage painted all the walls got super amazing lighting and a brand new workbench set up and my garage now looks like a bomb went off because yes, I've does. built like a bunch of stuff in the garage over the course. For some of- reason, you have an old receiver taken apart on your workbench, amongst other things. You, yeah. have, you have zero square feet or even square inches available to yeah, like, I have, work on something. I have no flat surfaces. Right. Other than the ground sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> Which suffices, I guess. Yeah. That's so, why my workbench I built, it's the entire length or width of the stall. I used to have something like that, but then Jessie stole part of my workbench setup for her T-shirt company. Okay. Well, so, by the way, speaking of T-shirts, <laughs> yeah. um, you can get a T-shirt if you sign up at Patreon.com/slash/overcrest. It's five bucks a month, and you get a handmade T-shirt. Jess actually makes all the T-shirts, hand sews on all the tags. I, I've never mentioned that before. No, you so haven't. we make all they're the very T-shirts high ourselves. Quality. Yeah. yeah, they're really high quality. We make them ourselves, and we ship them out ourselves. We do everything ourselves. You know, we don't outsource any of that. So that's us doing it for ten dollars a month. You get a T-shirt and a signed print by me which is not outsourced either because I took the photo. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, so you, support plus, local, right? Support local. Support the creators you love. And uh, I encourage you to, if it's not us, 
somebody, find somebody to support um, that's doing something that you love. Patreon.com slash Overcrest to be really, really helpful. Help us out. And of course, spread the word to your friends. Don't yes. be selfish. If you like the podcast, your friends will too. We always say that, and I, I realize we never really explain, okay, well, how you do you do that? Well, we always share on social media anytime an episode comes out. So sure. if you happen to like an episode, find it especially entertaining, just go ahead and share that post. Yep, exactly. That's the best way to do it. You we know, really appreciate that. I asked uh, I asked a friend, hey, why haven't you, uh, why don't you listen to the podcast? Whatever. He's like, I don't know how. So there's still people out there that don't understand podcasting. So if you got a friend, maybe you can explain it to them. And uh, yeah, do your absolutely. Do, maybe you can give them our podcast for Christmas. Oh, I like that. Yeah. How would you wrap that up? I don't know. I'm not sure. We'll have to figure that out. Yeah. Okay. Uh, speaking of like your own local uh, photos and doing things yourself, you gave me my Christmas gift early today. Right. Because I'm going to be gone all weekend. Right. Um, and then Monday's Christmas so Eve. I'm not going to see you then. A framed uh, photo that you took of your car, which is really cool. A, a long, an old photo. It, I like it. Yeah. So that's really cool. I don't have your Christmas gift yet, and I'll give the abbreviated version of this story. Chris is probably the worst person <laughs> to buy a gift for ever. It, I probably am. And the reason for that is I I take great pride in finding good gifts for people. I won't give someone a gift. I will not do a gift certificate. I will not do a gift card. I will not do something from Kmart, Target, Shopco, Walmart, anything. Right. So it's, not only does he have high stands for his gift giving and receiving, then he is, as we you know, know, it might be a secret to some of you around here. He's slightly opinionated as well. Yes. So he won't uh, bite his tongue. I'm ve- I'm very judged. No, I'm a good gift receiver. If you got me something that I didn't like, I would not tell you. I would just be thank you so much. I really appreciate the time and effort that you put into getting me a gift. And then I would just put it in my closet and never look at it again. Right. Yeah. So I almost so I was telling him I, I actually texted his wife. This was like weeks ago. I found on Craigslist the old this old Porsche jacket from the 70s. And it was just it was absolutely hideous and obnoxious. And <laughs> like I was like I texted his wife. Hey, would Chris like this or think it's stupid? And she's like, it's Porsche. It's vintage. And it looks absolutely obnoxious. He'll love it. So I messaged the guy and it already sold. So I was like, oh, son of a. So I'm looking all over like eBay and Etsy and everything else for like an old vintage jacket. And here's Porsche or something. Here's the thing. Did you enjoy the looking and the and all that stuff? Because that's yes, the, I really I, I enjoyed did, that. But it was also slightly frustrating. Like <laughs> everyone else, I just go to Amazon and buy something. And this damn guy won't <laughs> like any of it. So I'm looking all over. Couldn't find like a good jacket that was cool. So then I was like, oh, well, I'll keep going down this vintage, you know, like car theme route. And I found this guy that's this collected and sold old car like advertisement stuff so i found a two foot by four foot canvas not reproduction it was original bosch advertisement it was like a banner sounds awesome it was really cool it was bosch has the old logo and a spark plug did you keep it for yourself or something (laughs) no well yes i did actually because I, i received it and I open it up, and it's like super thin linen, obviously freshly printed. Oh, no. So it's certainly not like original vintage. Or so, it's in mint condition. Yeah, not <laughs> canvas, like with the little tag that says made in China, you know. Oh, no. So, no, that I was like, that's disappointing. I haven't gotten back to him. I'm sure if I read the ad more closely, it probably it'll just says, say like vintage style. In like 0.5 Pika font. Exactly. Just like, just like barely able to see it. And then I was thinking, all right, well, what are you really into right now? You're You're getting your your turbo setup together for your Porsche. And I was like, I can't buy you any like 
really super expensive parts. But right. I was like, what you need is the boost gauge. Because that's the best part of having a turbo. Right. Watching, the watching the little boost, boost gauge, gauge flutter. Yep. So I was like, all right, but it needs to be period correct. And you don't have an original dash clock. You have an after, like, well, it's a, it's a cool I a, vintage. I have a flight timer from a right. MiG-29. Right. Well, that's cool. But I was like, but if we could find something to go where that goes. So I found an old Andile, which is a Porsche tuner from back in the day, yep. boost gauge. It would be awesome. It would be sweet. Can I have it? <laughs> Cheapest one was like $400. <laughs> yeah, they're really expensive. So I didn't get that. But what about the 935 one? You can find those on eBay, too. They're sure. only about a grand. <laughs> yeah. So I didn't get that either, Chris. But I did find something that I think is going to be really cool, and you're going to like, and I don't know if you even know this exists. Okay. I look forward to it. I'm probably going to drive down to your house on Monday, then. I don't I'm know when it's going to It's not going to be there yet. And I'll be there on Tuesday. It'll be here like New Year's. Okay. We'll say. That sounds fine. I'll take a belated gift. You can actually do what the rest of my family's done for all of my life and just combine <laughs> it with my birthday, which is on January 3rd. So. Oh, perfect. It's going to be a birthday gift then. Oh, I didn't I realize see. that's when your birthday was. That is. My birthday's perfect. coming right that's up. That's what it is. Speaking of birthdays, your marriage birthday is today. <laughs> that's a stupid way of saying it. <laughs> it's the truth. Yeah, no, it's my wife and I uh, anniversary. Nine Why did years. you get married so close to Christmas? Um, I don't know. Like, I, because we winter weddings are great. I just want yeah. So we eloped and brought our parents with. Oh, okay. Out I to see. Hawaii. Okay. So so you didn't get married in like the blustery no, December. No, we got married literally on a beach, and it was seventy-five degrees with the with the sand beneath your toes and, every, and everything else. Which so. uh, the like the the officiant was like he was a. I think he was some sort of a pastor or something. Or but, something. Well, I mean, it, he was not <laughs> denominational or anything else, but it was hilarious because he didn't go into any, like, I just remember he, I called him Surfer Ron. <laughs> okay. Because he was talking about, like, the love of the ocean and your love and the and rainbows. You'll be feeling the motion of the ocean for the rest of your <laughs> yeah, life. Basically. <laughs> <laughs> well, happy anniversary. Thank you very anyway. much. So we've got um, what modern cars are. So, so this, I, was, this was I a listener a, question, right? It kind of was, yeah. So I was trying to figure out what defines a modern car, first of all. So anything made in the 90s is not considered a modern car anymore. If you can okay. put collector plates on it, definitely not considered a modern car. True. But I also want to want to get away from like OBD2-ish, early, like late 90s stuff too. I think that it's got to be two thousand year 2000 or newer okay. to be considered a modern car. Yeah. Um, uh, what, and I think we've talked about this before, but we haven't made such a narrow right. kind of... And also no supercars. So anything right. over $150,000. Well, I'm reading down your list here, a, a 997 GT3 RS 4.0. That was $186,000 new. So that's what's, your, what's your limit? But that it's it's kind of like, <laughs> that's, so that's like not kind a of like a car. It's kind of I only put that one in there because it's one of my favorite cars. I that's, I agree. This is one of my favorites. Okay, well let's start at the top here. Okay. So a modern car, Be, year two thousand or newer. Wait, so besides the year, what else defines a modern car? Do you think? What well, modern? I guess just kind of is time. Right? Do you? What other factor do you have in there? Because you think of like other things, like modern engineering or modern right. electronics. What defines these things? Is it does it I mean that they are? You can still buy like the Lotus Seven kit cars and call it a two thousand six. Like right. So what defines ham. modern? Would it be something like the electronics are more modern? Does it have a heads up display? Does it have when no. you hit the wiper stock? Does it blink three times? Does that mean? Ooh, there you go. Right. Right. Could that make it a modern <laughs> car? That's like Volkswagen did that, and everybody jumped on the bandwagon with that. Yeah. But I think. So I think some of the I think it kind of boils down to just 2000 and newer. We'll try and make it that easy. But I think there's probably other things that make things modern. Maybe it's um, you could say anything with 
certain EPA requirements would be considered a modern car because those things shifted pretty wildly in the mid 2000s to higher efficiency requirements stuff like that so maybe yeah, i think we just say 2000s okay yeah that'll make it and a i'll, bit I'll tell you if your list is wrong here how about that it's not okay first <laughs> one that you have here i 100 percent agree with and i think i mentioned it on the facebook comment because i had one of these yeah this is a volkswagen mark 4 2004 golf r32 and i think that this is the only r volkswagen that will ever be Agreed. collectible because the new ones are just they made way more of them not only that the mark 5 r32 still had the vr6 which made it special but, but it is not the manual transmission it was a dsg terrible yeah it, are those four motion systems the same as it's gone along or is i the, know the mark 5 was the same so they're all haldex right and you, i know you could get a haldex controller to move the bias front and rear and you could right. do more things with these cars Right. And they're a little more simple, so you could put a turbocharger on them if you wanted, mm -hmm. go for big power. And know. so the new Golf R's are all the four-cylinder, though, which right. is basically, I mean, it's, it is the same engine as just the GTI, just tuned higher, right. is my understanding. Well, think so about it this way. Special. The, the R32 had a 3.2 liter, right? right? They called it a R32 for the 3.2. Yeah. What, what would they call it? Like an, an R2.0? R20. <laughs> R20. That sounds lame. It's very lame. <laughs> um, the other cars I had kind of like in parentheses here is the 20th anniversary cars. Yeah. And the 337. Okay. Now, the 337 was the, the it was silver only, reflex silver. I, that's not true. It's 100. I'm not talking about the 20th. Talking about the 337, okay. which was an, another anniversary edition. I don't remember what anniversary it was, but it's completely different than the 20th what anniversary. What did the 337 stand for? Um, I, used I to don't know. know, but it's got the Shot Peen BBS RC wheels. Okay. It's got um, different Recaro interior. It's got uh, black Recaros with like red striping on them, I believe. And then yep. um, it's and coming it's back to me. So they're very, very, very specific, and they all got ruined. They're all modified. They're oh, all. Oh, I'm sure. So I think the 337. But the thing is, is that it's not quite as widely known so nobody really knows what a 337 is um and then you've got the 20th which the was 337 nomenclature comes from the early 70s golf gti code name i've never heard that are mark ones considered 337 i've never heard that before but apparently they were okay so uh, those maybe but the problem is, is that they're made in such few numbers are, I, are I don't people even gonna know it's just a gti to me those there's nothing except the fact that oh it has a little badge on it that it's a special edition what about the 20th anniversary cars same same thing but to they me. had unique colors yeah, I don't like care. jazz blue a mole yellow well you could get a mole yellow gti couldn't you and uh the red i don't think they called it did they call it a mola yeah, yeah maybe i think so but, but anyway i really those like aren't the jazz as special blue. to me they're not no all-wheel drive i don't think so i think if you could find a low mileage all original 20th or a 337 it could right. be worth something i agree so maybe we'll leave so, that as a maybe regardless volkswagen r32 i think is going to be up there all right the next on the list is the shelby gt 350r and this is the recent one right so this is like what is it 2017 or something like probably. that probably um, and what made this special is the flat plane crank v8 right it doesn't sound like a mustang and it's i think the car's less than sixty thousand dollars too is it so you could get like a crazy amount of car for decent money i think it's 500 horsepower and zero to 60 in i don't know four seconds or right. something like that it's, it's do a, they still make them or was that like a, a short I thing i imagine that they did not make a lot of these I'm looking this up now. Okay. Because I agree. I love these cars. They sound awesome. I love the flat plane crank idea. They're saying 2018. Yeah, 2019. They're still making them. Yep. How many do they? Do you think they sell? Does it say? That's too that's too deep to get into. Either way, those are going to be... One of the reasons why I think those are going to be valuable is it's, it's, that car is like got economies thrown to the wind. Doesn't matter. Serious muscle car. 
Well, I mean, you could argue that like the Dodge Hellcat is on my list. It is on your list, but that's more of like thrown to the wind than this. This I would say is more of like a knife edge made for the track. Yeah, and I would Mustangs agree with that. weren't ever made for like road track. They were like it's the pony cruiser car, and you can bring it to the drag strip. Right. That's why I like the GT three fifty R. All right. Next on the list is the regrettably <laughs> on the list is the Mazda MX five. So we're talking Miata, basically a Miata. I think I those almost. It's ironic. I love the Miata. I might actually disagree with this. Why? Because they made them in such high numbers. I don't think, I mean, they're always going to be cool, but it's going to be cool like a, I don't know, what's a classic car that they made a ton of that are... How about a Volkswagen GTI, like a Mark 1? Sure. They made a zillion of those. You're right. And now it's worth like ten dollars to $15,000. Right. I guess it'll probably you know, be there. The thing is, is when you have something cheap, they're relatively cheap. Yes, they are. Especially compared to some of the other st- things on this list. <laughs> yeah. They're very cheap. <laughs> they get driven into the ground and thrown away. So I think you're going to see a lot of these kind of either they're going to be really high mileage or they're going to be rusty yeah. or they're going to be they're going to need maintenance high or attrition rate you yes, would say. Yes. That's right. So I think a really nice one of these is going to be worth some money just because there's enough enough people with propane running grills and straw hats that are going to want to own one of these someday. <laughs> so uh, next on the list is the 996 GT3. Now I think this is a car that people need to buy today. This, yeah, the I think you actually already missed the mark on this. Really? Oh, Why? Yeah. I they're already. I think. Oh yeah, but I'm still saying that they're going to. You can still get one for fifty-five, sixty-five grand. Okay. You can still get one for that much, and I think look at the the new cars are so expensive. Yeah. Just getting a, like a nine eleven turbo is like one hundred and fifty thousand dollars or more easily. So you could have a, a GT three for I think half the price. Six turbo is where the value's at. You yes, get one those of those are also, for like 30, 40. Yep, those are, but they're not very rare. They're pretty common. The yeah. 996 GT3, they only made a couple thousand of those. Right. Um, and tied right with that is the 997 GT3 as well. Yeah, I prefer um, the 997, just the updated styling. It's more expensive. They're about a hundred grand, so they're a little bit yep. more. But that's but that's a manual. That's a, these are. I'm not buying any of these anyway. I'm just trying no, to think. No, these I feel the like are off your list a little bit because this is supercar. The 996 GT3 is not. Okay. That's why it's first on there. It's it's a six speed car. It revs out to eighty two hundred RPMs. Name any other car that you can get for sixty grand that does that. Um, what did you? What were my? I'm sorry. I'm thinking, and then I lost what my criteria are here. It revs to eighty two hundred RPM, and it's a six speed. How about down lower on the list? No, the Honda S two thousand. You asshole. <laughs> <laughs> this was another one of my picks. The S two thousand. Yeah, yeah, you're right. This is already a classic because they stopped making them. They only made them for what? I know. This five years. Absolutely a uh, a wonderful car. I've never driven one. I have the first. You need the first gen one. First gen was a two liter that revved to like nine thousand, and then they made it more american market friendly and bumped it up to a 2.2 liter with a little more torque and it didn't rev quite as high so the whole point of these is that they rev to like 9,000 RPMs. right it's It's like half of an f1 engine f20 i remember back in the day i had a 24 valve vr6 gti mark 4 right and i raced one of these yeah and won okay so yes i mean they but if you were on like a road course you would not have probably not but i'll never be on a road course and neither will 90 percent of people (laughs) listening to this podcast i know with one of these two cars but they're fun to drive because i bet they are gears just go so far oh i thought of another one that isn't on here what is it um speaking of gears that go so far the rx what what year did they stop making the uh, i was gonna say the rx8 i thought about putting that on the list but but what about the fc rx7 when did they stop making those like same time around the Supra stopped. I think that was like 98. I think they might have made them into 2000. 
If they did, that's for sure on there. But they started manufacture in the 90s, which means okay. it can't be on the list. Okay, just because they RX-8, though, that was a short production run. But they're, they're terrible. quirky. They're terrible. But I don't, they're still, because they're so different, I think they're going to be collectible. Maybe if you can find a really nice. See, some of these are going to be collectible no matter what. Right. And some of them are going to be collectible only because they're really, really clean and low mileage, which can be said for almost Just anything. About anything. Yeah. Like I was my Yugo that I bought right. was really, really clean and low mileage. And therefore <laughs> someone wanted it. Someone wanted it. Exactly. So, um, next on the list, another Porsche thing is the Cayman R or the Boxster Spider. Yeah. Um, I think that really in, in general, I think really nice Boxsters, especially maybe even the first gen ones might be worth something. Someday. I agree because but they're they going to have to be really nice. They kind of signified like Porsche coming into the modern era, you know, going water cooled they saved the company literally right. and, and this, the spider is actually a really great car to drive i autocrossed one of those oh did you and i love the looks of the spider it was great the only problem is it's like a, f- a fabric top or whatever yeah, Do you, i love is, that, is that I, it's cool but like what if it is it's not easy to put up i don't think it's is extremely it? easy to put up on that's the whole point of it on, yeah. the, on the spider too yeah you just like latch it on the front and then it's literally like two little camping hooks for your tent that you put on the back and strap it tight that'll never let water in love it <laughs> i love it um, and the Caymans are really nice cars to drive. Yes, too. they are. So um, next on the list is the Charger, Challenger, Hellcat, Viper type Viper, thing. I, that's a supercar, and it was is, made in the 90s. You, well, they still made Vipers. I know. But did nothing, are you saying no Viper made after the 90s is a Viper? Uh, well, the newer one, the Gen 4 is. Gen 2 and 3 are shit. Yeah. I'll get hate for that. <laughs> From, From our landlord. <laughs> 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 oh god yeah uh, but um, no i the hellcat and of course the demon is a given yeah yep that one will be worth a bunch of money too i think those are what 80 grand or something like that i don't know who knows um e39 bmw m5 okay just you know what sold me on that car was back in the day did you ever see the bmw films yeah with uh what's with his clive, face? Owen clive owen and madonna and there was the madonna one and there was a couple different ones that it's, was genius marketing it was so good and they tried to make uh, other ones. It was basically like what's uh, Jason Statham driver? The transporter. Transport. They were the transporter before that movie came out. Yeah, it was amazing. And that I remember getting that on DVD from the dealership. Oh, really? In like 2000 or something or yep. whatever it was, and going home and popping it in and, and watching all of those. And it was this time where you couldn't look up videos on the internet, so I would actually take that DVD to my buddy's house, dude. Check this out. <laughs> and we put it in their DVD player and watch it on their shitty CRT TV. And right. whoa, this car is amazing. And that video. Is what got me in a, for a long time. I really wanted BMW stuff. I was a real yeah. BMW guy because for a few these years. E39s they had the V10, didn't they? No, this, this is, is a V8. This, okay. is, this is the V8. This is before things went to shit. So this is for me. This is the last <laughs> great car. Okay, that's attainable by anyone that BMW ever made because you can still get these for fifteen thousand dollars for a really nice one. Hmm. I mean, you could probably get a toilet one for eight to ten that you don't yeah. want, but you could get a really nice one, and it's. A cool car. I, one of the things that's cool is it's got the warm-up lights on the tachometer. So as the car warms up, the red line moves oh, up. It's got these little yeah. lights that like tick up as it the warms. The RS4 also does that, but it just tells you limit at 7200 until warmed up. This is way cooler. Yeah. yeah. And I think that <laughs> some of the E46 M3s had this as well, which is another one that's on my list. I know they sold a ton of E46 M3s. Right. But I, I, but I, I like think them. Unique colors, low mileage. True. Like if you could get like a. What was the CSL edition too? Like there was a oh, couple yeah. special editions. Yeah, the, the CSL edition with the little trunk with the little spoiler that comes little out the back. Little spoiler, you yeah. know. There was a few of they those at the, Nur- cars. the Nurburgring when I was there. There was like a CSL clan 
that was like attacking the <laughs> Nurburgring, and I was like, "Wow, those things are sweet." But if you get with like a silver one with a red interior or Laguna Seca blue, mm-hmm. Laguna Seca blue ones That's are a worth beautiful like car. a ton of money. Are they really just because yeah. the color? Yeah, I've driven one once. It was uh, it was our friend Lewis's car. I drove it. Okay, and he drove. I forget what he drove, like my station wagon instead or something. <laughs> and it was it was a great car. His was really really nice, and I really enjoyed doing that. Speaking of wagons, um, I think the E sixty three AMG wagon. Is you that, skipped over a BMW here that I agree oh, with. Oh, yes. And this is because I own one, but right. I also have my buddy Dave has one of these. Yeah, the it's One the, Series. The One Series is a sleeper car for being collectible someday. I think you're right. Why? Because it's small, it's simple. There's actually a theme if you look at this. A lot of these are like the entry-level small car, like the Boxster, the MX-5. Those sorts of things are like the cool, fun little car. It's not the top-of-the-line range-topping models here. Right. It's Yeah, it's like you said. It's kind of the sleeper. You wouldn't think that this is going to be the collectible it's one. It's the last naturally aspirated engine, too. Is it really? Yeah, then they went to the 130. Obviously, the 135 is twin turbo. Everything has right. a turbo now. Yeah, true. I believe. So, and it is the smoothest pulling engine i've ever driven right in, in the it's 128 the i really enjoyed it. The german sewing machine the only problem with mine is the vanos stuff was all going to shit and what was that what was going the on the heat didn't really work <laughs> and i looked into it i'm like holy hell that looks like a nightmare doing like heater cores or flaps oh, and stuff. I, I was like no way i gotta trade this thing in that's how i ended up with the stupid truck I loved that one series, and I would have still kept it if it didn't need all that work. So I traded had, it in. Well, you had the Touareg in between this. I know, but I no, no. I traded the car in uh-huh. for my Golf TDI that I had that oh, I traded yeah, in that for this for a truck. Hot minute, yeah, and you I had a Touareg too in between there. Did I? Yes. Okay. Maybe. Go back to episode like thirty-two. You had a yeah. Touareg. <laughs> I, I I actually missed that car. I do. I, I miss that I do one. too. That's, you let me drive it once or twice. It was it, fun. It's a fun car, but it smelled a little bit like coolant sometimes. And it's just, I, maybe yeah, I I'd, I'd like to get another one someday, but um, I almost would rather have a 135. Oh, I'm sure. It'll you know, quicker. just. A, but there's something to be said for the naturally aspirated, just simple, smooth engine. It was very simple, very smooth, pulled fine, but I think it's like 230 horsepower too, which out of a naturally aspirated inline six is pretty good. With yeah, a 2.8 liter. I guess or nothing it is. to sneeze at. Yep. So onto some JDM stuff. We've got the Nissan GTR. Yeah. Which I don't even want to talk about. I just I don't like that car very much, but it's got to be mentioned. Yeah. Yep. And okay. Uh, the Subaru Subaru WRX STI hatchback. Disagree. Why? They were the ugliest of the STIs. They weren't an STI. It was just like, hey, GTIs are doing well. Let's make it look like a GTI. Yeah, but there's less of them. It's still an STI. I know. It doesn't have that stupid boy racer. So I actually was reading something about these when I was doing all this. Yeah. And Subaru's actual term in their marketing stuff was that the Subaru WRX STI hatchback was made for the American affluent man child. (laughs) (laughs) Well, because the hot buzzword was like boy racer. They were trying to get away from these as the boy racer car right man child sounds man way child better than, is boy, better racer. than boy racer i guess but um, no i mean if you're gonna buy an sti it's because of it's the rally car for the street and it has the big wing and it has jake they yeah. rallied the station or the hatchback they rallied that i too. know but it was stupid i no, i like i think they look cool plus I think they're, I saw, they're shorter and yeah, they're, I suppose. they're shorter and they weigh 11 pounds less. <laughs> <laughs> well, there you go. How about I just don't eat breakfast that morning and we'll be fine. Speaking of eating breakfast, why oh, don't geez. you just eat breakfast? Every time I talk to you, you're like, yes, I just got back from brunch. What do you call and breakfast I- when you eat it afternoon? You didn't. It's it's it was not afternoon. Okay. Well, it was like eleven thirty 
I was, was eating breakfast. You were eating and breakfast I had a mimosa, food, which has orange juice in it, which is a breakfast drink. Yeah, with alcohol. You can have alcohol for breakfast. No, and that doesn't make a breakfast. Then that's brunch. Just because that's the cutoff. So that's the cutoff is that's because it has alcohol. So at eight thirty in the morning, I wake up. I put some Bailey's in my coffee with my eggs. That's brunch. Well, no, but okay then. So that a mimosa can only be had for for, for brunch. I see people at weddings having mimosas all the time. Brunch. Brunch no, wedding. brunch is dumb. Just have breakfast. Call it breakfast. It's just and be semantics. Done you just exactly. don't like the term brunch. I don't because it's all highfalutin. I'm in Woodbury having brunch, Chris. <laughs> Get over it. <laughs> uh, finally on the list, um, yes, is the Mitsubishi Lancer Evo 10. You skipped a couple really big Evos here on your way to 10. What about the 8MR? That'll be the number one collector before these 10s even are. I think they, well, I have a, a rare one listed here underneath this. I hadn't quite segmented it out yet. But um, I think that the 311 RS cars will be valuable too. They were sold through the dealer. True. So, so they were sold through the Mitsubishi dealer as an option. So okay. those cars are officially sanctioned by Mitsubishi. That's so true. I, I think that those might it's have some. It's not just a tuner car, because that's why I was thinking I don't know if that's going to be as well known or anything right. else. But you're right, because it's a dealer option, that will be very cool. But you are right. The MR also will be collectible. I think these will, too. The Evo 10. The, they will. the reason is because every single one of these is going to be beat within an inch of its life. Right. I mean, it's going to be either that or it's And ironically, be the guy that checked the box for the 311 RS edition, that one won't be beat. Because he had it modified as a 311 car and it's probably going to be taken care of. Don't we'll you think? <laughs> I don't know. No? I okay. think every every Evo gets beat uh, yeah. pretty hard. All right. Well, we'll be right back. And I'm going to reveal our very special guest to Jake. And uh, Ooh, I'm excited. We'll, we'll, we'll see how things go. And uh, I'm really, really excited. We'll be right back. So last week we talked about the Bloodhound SSC, which is basically it was a it's going to be the fastest car of all time. It was that land speed record car that was right. basically a rocket. Yeah, it had a thousand horsepower. But no, a thousand mile per hour. That's what I was going to try to. I wonder how much beat. horsepower it actually had. Anyway, a lot. Okay. So that's, but here's the deal: it's not even close to being the fastest vehicle on earth. Um, you can forget okay. supersonic jet fighters. You can forget Elon Musk rockets. The okay. fastest vehicle on earth only travels once a year. And, of course, we're talking about Santa's sleigh. Oh. So um, let's pick up this phone call and see who's on the line. So we've got Santa on the line. So good to hear from you. You're calling from the North Pole. I know you're really, really busy, so we'll make this quick. How are you doing today? Well, I'm good, Christopher. How are you? I'm doing absolutely fantastic. My kids- Santa, Jake, I'm here, too. <laughs> oh, Jake's really excited. Oh, Hey, Jake. (laughs) (laughs) That's just the type of response I I was looking for. So we were talking a little bit about some really, really fast vehicles today. And one of the ones we were talking about was some jet-powered car. And then it got me to thinking, if anybody has the fastest vehicle on Earth, it's probably you and your sleigh, wouldn't you think? Well, uh, I'm not one to gloat about the speed of my sleigh, but it's it's pretty fast, yes. So how long have you had that thing? When did you pick that thing up? Where did you get it? Well, uh, you know, I've had sleighs for many years. That's my primary mode of transport for Christmas. But um, my most recent one, uh, my Elfworks division, built it in 2014. Uh, and it's it's definitely the fastest one we've made yet. Uh, you know, we made it with the carbon fiber tub and titanium rails to land on. And 
Uh, we've got GPS and radar and all the, the fancy weather tricks that keep me safe when I'm out flying around the world at night. So I'm, I'm guessing it's a lot easier to do this job now than it was back then. I mean, you didn't have carbon fiber back in the day. That thing must have been made out of teak or something. That's, uh, it's, that's really, really cool. So what, what kind of fuel does this thing run off of? Are you, are you, uh, does the EPA regulate any of this, or are you free to do whatever you want? Uh, well, no, uh, we don't answer to the EPA on fuel because we run on Christmas cheer. You should know that, Christopher. <laughs> yes, oh. that's, that's true. I, my, my kids would be able to tell me that. <laughs> so uh, how we, much? How we, have, we have modified our Christmas cheer engine to work on a little higher efficiency. And, well, we've, we've worked with some of the retailers around the globe, too, to put out their Christmas stuff a lot earlier. Oh. And that, that does... You know, that helps build Christmas cheer a little sooner and fills our tanks to, you know, to keep us uh, keep us a little bit more topped off when we're out flying around the world. Yeah, for sure. So you've got there's basically 700 million children in the world. And if you divide that by three kids per household, that's around 233 million households. And there's 197 million square miles of, of Earth. How do you get to all these kids? Well, we've really expanded into a global operation over the past few years it's you know it's not as simple as it was you know back when i first started doing this job and uh, you know now we have we have multiple warehouses for reloading the sleigh instead of just carrying everything in one large bag we figured it's way easier to multiply to have things in multiple locations and keep it uh, keep it a little more simple to load the sleigh multiple times throughout the evening to uh to really maximize the load and, you know, make it easier on the reindeer, too. So basically, you could almost be an astronaut with the G-forces that you experience on the, on the sleigh. As fast as you have to go, it must, it must be really be, really, you must be in pretty good shape. Well, um, yeah, yeah, I do okay, you know, for a big old fat guy, I do all right. <laughs> <laughs> Great. So of all these 203 million households, how, what percentage of these kids are naughty and don't get any toys, do you think? Because that would help things out. Do you... If there's more naughty kids, or does that go with, let me, let me rephrase this. If there's less Christmas cheer, do you count more kids as naughty so you don't have to deliver as many presents? Well, you can be a good kid and still not have as much Christmas cheer as you need to. Um, Christopher, have you ever gotten coal in your stocking before? <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, I have. Yes, I have. I actually, uh, I took I, my... I know. <laughs> Oh, trick questions. Oh, yes, that's that's me. So one time I took my kids, Santa, and I showed them what coal actually looked like. So to try and encourage them um, to be good kids, because I didn't want them to get coal like I had. Um, so how many miles do you actually have to travel in the sleigh that in, in, Christmas Eve? Uh, well, it, it, it's about 212 million miles that we travel in that day. Wow, that is absolutely incredible. Well, I just that that pretty much wraps it up for me. I just had a few questions about the sleigh. So that uh, Jake, do you have anything? Santa, what am I getting for Christmas? <laughs> uh, well, I can tell you that your podcast partner might be getting some more of his uh, little dark lumpy fuel this year. <laughs> oh man, uh, that's 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 to be that's to be expected at this point. So. All right, Santa, Merry Christmas. We really appreciate you coming on the podcast, and uh, we, we, uh, we wish you good luck in all your travels, and I'll leave the cookies and milk out for you at my place. That's an excellent decision, Christopher. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Santa. Merry Christmas. Where 
Merry Christmas. Bye-bye. Well, there you go, Jake. How did, was, how did you get Santa on the podcast? Like I said, I've been working in this industry a long time. You got connections. I've got connections. I've got uh, actually the uh, the guy that takes care of his reindeer okay. drives a 911. Oh, really? Yeah, when he's, it's basically what Santa drives, too. I mean, you see the Mercedes commercial. Santa's driving the stupid AMG thing, but that's not reality. That's just marketing. Oh. Okay, but he actually drives a Porsche. Really? So, yeah, so the guy that takes care of his car and takes care of the reindeer, I know him. Very cool. Yeah, so I hope He's that like was... the pit crew mechanic for the reindeer. That's exactly it. That's this exactly has to be it. a really busy time for him, actually, so that's really nice. Yeah, he, he gave us time. six or seven minutes of his time, and... Uh, that that's uh, that's pretty special. So that is special. maybe talking to him again next year. I don't. I think he's going to be pretty busy from here on out. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah. Uh, I'm speaking? surprised that he's monitoring me so closely at my age. <laughs> well, you know, he knows all the good and, and naughty boys. Yeah. So. Well, apparently, and apparently, girls. you're not too uh, you're not too good either, Mister. Getting some coal. No, so. he said you're getting coal. Oh yeah. Shit. <laughs> right. Anyway, speaking of lack of Christmas cheer, so. I, I want to talk about since we're on the Christmas, uh, I don't know, theme here. Yeah, because it's Christmas, right? So it's Christmas things. I put Christmas ca- lights on my truck last year. Okay. Because sometimes you'll see like cars around with, on, with Christmas on your, lights on your truck. Like I had a roof rack up on the truck, and I put them around the roof rack. Okay, well, that's and fun. The, yeah, yeah, which is great. But the police don't like that, especially in Woodbury, where the cops have nothing better to do except pull you over and say, Come on. Sir, you can't have blue and red lights on your vehicle. Come on. I know. Come on. I know. Nobody's going to look at your truck and be like, holy shit, the police changed their lights to Christmas lights. (laughs) Come on. I just thought I would share that. It's ridiculous. That's ridiculous. What do you think of all the... um, the uh, the and ears and the and the red nose on and the wreath uh, on the no, front of people's cars. We're done with that. That's fine. Actually, the wreath I don't mind as much. That doesn't bug me for some reason. But the stupid little antlers out the windows and the red ball on the grill. It, the was, red ball's fine. The antlers make me think it's like Texas, where they have the horns on front of the car. <laughs> but it's like a really lame version of that because yeah. Unless it's like a huge like fourteen point rack, right? If you had like a big one sticking off the front of the car, that would be kind of kind of interesting. But just having the little fuzzy squishy know, ones, lame. it was funny the first time I saw it, and then after that, it's like okay, that's pretty lame. Yeah, that's pretty lame. All right, so let's get into a little bit of news. Now, news is getting a little thin, but I did fi- manage to find some cool stuff to talk about. Okay, um, one is that there a Ford uh, Ford has conducted a study that explores just what causes the stressful conditions and. They've um, come to conclusions that you might not want to hear. Now, these stressful conditions are being experienced by backseat drivers. So, wait, is this you're the driver and you're being stressed out by backseat no, drivers? No, this is what stresses out the backseat driver. Oh, why? this is why Why are you in the backseat being a backseat driver? Correct. Or in the passenger seat, okay. as is the case with right. our wives. Um, basically, so here, here's the reasons that people don't trust your driving. Okay. And so, reckless actions while driving. 92%. Oh, so they have a breakdown here. Yeah. Driving technique, 82%. Okay. Speeding, 61%. Tailgating, 61%. Distracted driving, 51%. Jerky driving and stop and go conditions, 34%. Veering out of your lane, 33%. Uh, that should be higher. Don't do that. <laughs> it should be higher than uh, uh, speeding. Speeding is not really not that big of a deal. Ford feels that with the software-based driving assistance becomes increasingly popular in new vehicles, that technology should cu- help cut back with stressful driving situations. Of course they do, because they want to provide mobility 
to their customers. Now, sure. I want to look at this list, and I wanted to ask you what bothers you when you're driving with other people. What are some things? Right. I have a number one pet peeve, but I want to know what, what yours are. For me, it's just generally not being aware of their surroundings. It's like... I like to pride myself on being aware of what's going on around me, whether it's driving or otherwise. Yeah. And I hate people where it's like, oh, I'm going to have to slam on the brakes the last second because I didn't see this car stopped ahead of me 30 feet like 30 seconds ago. Or, you know, it's just not just paying attention. Okay. And it's not even not paying attention. It's just not taking it all in and being aware. So they're daydreaming, listening to the radio, sure. texting, whatever, yes. all of these things. Right. So what for, is it for you? For me, it is people that don't use cruise control when they can. Why? Because it drives me insane when I there's no one around. Haven't used cruise control in the last probably three years. Chris. Why? Why? When you're on the freeway going on a long distance trip and you're going faster and slower and faster and slower. Those people should get out of the left lane then. It, everybody drifts speed when they are okay. driving without cruise control. Just pop the cruise control on 80 miles an hour and just go. If you want to go faster than them, you just pass them. It's cruise control. I'm talking about riding with the person oh. doing it, not frustrated with other people. Oh. This is talking about riding with people. So when I'm sitting True, there I watching the speedometer that. go up and down, and all of a sudden it's in my head, I'm like, well, now we're going 65 in a 65. Do you know why that is? Because they're not aware. They're doing other things. They're not paying attention to what they're doing. I think that they just don't have a good sense of speed. Right. Just does my wife does not use cruise control. It drives me crazy. Just turn the cruise control on. You know how you turn it off? You just tap the brake or you hit the button on the steering wheel or you do any driving thing that makes the car go slower or faster and you can still have control <laughs> over the car. It just yeah. drives me nuts. So um, thanks. Well, that's that's like level one autonomy right there, Chris. Cruise level control. one. You are you are like all about autonomous driving. Yeah, right. Mm -hmm. um, so it would be it would be unnatural to convey to passengers that a vehicle has a specific semi-autonomous feature baked in. And even so, the majority of Americans still don't trust self-driving technology. What would that be like? What would the what would the backseat driving be like in an autonomous car? Hey, car! <laughs> I I feel like I'd be like frustrated that it's going too slow or letting more people merge in than I would. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like not assertive enough driving. Right. Right. Uh, what if you could program that in? Like, what if there's going to be hacks for your autonomous pod in the future to make it more aggressive? Yeah. Be like, all right, don't. Yeah. Oh, I, like I don't it. think so. I think what's going to happen is you're going to have, um, as we're going to talk about in the next article that we're going to read, all the the autonomous cars are going to have updates pushed to them okay and i think that they're going to check and make sure that they're, sure. they're going to have a, a bit check to make sure yeah. that the the sum of all the bits and bytes adds up to a certain number and if it's changed then it'll alert somebody right so it'll, it'll red flag your car as being a, a rebel vehicle i don't think Ooh. that's gonna slide unless you can somehow fool that sure i think you'll see i think aren't the, the tractor guys are doing stuff like that right yeah the the guys with uh there's um, a big issue with how you know are, is the software in your tractor actually your property so can you modify it and right kinda... right and and it's not like cars cars got a uh, rule that hey you own that software you can do right. what you want with tractors it's not right you know probably because it's not seen as like a traveling is seen as more of like a civil right freedom of travel and then being on a tractor is more commercial so maybe they didn't see it but you have to get stuff done and service by john deere now so they're trying oh, to find yeah. they're getting hacks from like russia oh and, really yeah they're getting and they're hacking their own software and hacking their own tractors so they can actually work on them which wow. is really i actually want to have one of those guys on the podcast to yeah. talk about how they're how they're doing that so speaking of software updates being pushed out <laughs> tesla has pushed out a new software update uh -huh. that will allow your car to fart at you yep. and it has a uh, a romance mode mm -hmm. that will turn the entire screen into a crackling fireplace 
right before your eyes. So these um, are like the Easter eggs. This isn't like actual features of the software. It's, it's just, you know, they put Easter of eggs in the a, software. Yeah, but it's an Easter egg is something that you have to discover on your own. Right. When you do something like this and tell everybody, hey, we did this, and you push it out to everyone, it's and it's all over the internet, it's gimmick. not an Easter egg anymore. No. It's not an Easter egg anymore. So these are basically fart songs on demand. Twitter uh, Twitter user said, I hopped in my Tesla this morning and was delighted to find romance mode and a drop-down list of juicy on-demand fart noises that can be triggered with a wheel click or a turn signal. The best keeps getting better. Thanks, Elon Musk and team. So, okay, yes, that's stupid, and he's obviously fanboy. What's interesting, if you read more into this... Can you this, imagine turning your blinker on and having go... <laughs> it's kind of funny for the first time. The first time. It's, right. it's kind of What's funny. interesting, though, did you hear... They I call read, it flatulence engagement. <laughs> flatulence engagement. It's, yeah, okay, that's clever. But, no, they have audio positioning or acoustic positioning in it, so you can make it sound like someone in the back seat is farting. That's... God dang it, this is stupid. It's stupid, but I this like how much... barely like, making enough cars. <laughs> the paint doesn't match. Parts are falling off, but, but don't worry. But they take all the time to make like acoustic positioning for their fart sounds. And not only that, but there are multiple fart options. Oh, I know. There's like juicy... It's and... called Not a Fart, a two-part toot, named after the boring company's Not a Flamethrower. Uh-huh. Short Shorts Ripper, as the name implies, <laughs> an extremely short sound, good for turn signals. A slam on Tesla talk short sellers who Musk regularly trolls. Falcon Heavy, aptly named and powerful, named after the SpaceX rocket that launched Elon Musk's personal Tesla Roadster into orbit. Ludicrous Fart, a long, victorious display of windy harmony, named after Tesla's high-performance acceleration setting. I wonder if it takes a while to warm up to that fart or not. <laughs> like the batteries like do. the batteries do yeah. it's like your fart is warming up it'll yep. be available in i mean that's kind of realistic sometimes you can feel it coming and you got to build it right <laughs> <laughs> neurostink a generic fart sound effect one of the more indistinguishable companies that musk fronts Neuralink. boring rumbly another play on the boring company i'm so random literally picks one of the fart above fart songs at random so this is great. I mean, this is... <laughs> I'm glad you're excited. You know what? I, so first thing that came to mind when I read this, you know when we're at Cars and Coffee and there's the guy behind us that does like the the The, the Christmas flappy music Christmas thing. music thing. Now he's going to be super proud and just play fart sounds really loud. That's going to be awesome. He's going to have a fireplace crackling with fart sounds and Christmas music all going on at the same time. I can't wait, Chris. This is so dumb. I want to know, so the romance mode, it's just, it takes the big center stack screen and puts a fireplace on. It probably turns the heat on, too. That was what I was wondering. <laughs> It'd be kind of cool if the heat just blared out, too, so it's coming from the fire. You know, I got an argument with uh, with a guy on Facebook, which is kind of no. rare for me. No, it's rare for me now. I don't. I try not to argue too much on the internet. Okay. I just get in trouble because I'm too, I'm too mean, too forward. Um, but the, someone posted, uh, Joe Fetter posted his article that he'd done on a on the review yeah. of the Tesla oh, and, yes. and they posted a picture of the interior, right. which looks terrible. It looks completely devoid of design. It looks, awful. I will say and it's sparse. It is very sparse. And here's the thing. You don't have minimalism. Doesn't have to be ugly just because there's nothing there. Doesn't mean it's minimalist design. Minimalism is when you have something that's very simple, still conveying a message. That mm -hmm. is the definition of minimalism, I think. I went to I went to school for design for quite know, a, for a long I time. Know. This this I, I read your tirade, and I wanted to ask you on the podcast rather than in the Facebook comments. So, what message is the dashboard of your Chevy Tahoe conveying? 
I think if that the they, purpose of the interior is to convey a message, and that's what minimalism is and does well. A Chevy Tahoe is uh-huh. not trying to be landmark. They're not trying to be like, we are the future. We okay. are. They're, they're like, hey, we've got focus groups. We're just going to put this shit wherever it goes. Got <laughs> buttons, right? You can't say that Tesla design is great because the Tahoe's design is bad. That okay. doesn't work. I will give you that. So the the what you have in the in the Tesla is a steering wheel with two nipples on the on the thing. The on the I didn't realize there was nipples. There's like two round buttons on the steering wheel. Okay. And then the, the part that comes down and connects the bottom part of the three spoke steering wheel looks like a dolphin head. Okay. It does. You won't be able to unsee it now. And the screen takes up the majority of the right. center. And I think that they That's by design. It's by design. Here's the thing though. I think that they use the screen as a crutch. They put mm. so much there that that is the become the the focus of the well. We don't have to make this design great. We've got this big screen, but the, there's no I different. Would say there's no two tone. There's uh, there's one piece of wood grain wood grain across. There's mm-hmm. lots of designs out there that could be very very simple. It's and st- an open dolphin mouth. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I not wrong. Now. I see it now. I'm not wrong. Okay. So the design of the interior is bad. It's all one color. It's all gray. You know, it I, just looks, it looks, the seats are boring. They're obviously emphasizing the simplicity of it and the minimalism. But it's poorly done. It's very, very difficult to design things this way. It is very difficult to yeah. z- design things without any design elements there. But they didn't do a good job. So they would have been better off maybe having some vents or right. something where else. Is, just, where's the climate it's, stuff? It's under, it's, you can't see it. It's all okay. hidden. It's like it comes through Which the wood. The, yeah, it's fine. I don't mind that. No. You know what I don't like, though, is like why not have a binnacle with gauges? You're, like, you're looking at your steering wheel and right ahead, so it, it makes sense logically to have your gauges it's and the, the info you need right in front of because you. Because they're trying to be a landmark product. They're, they're trying, trying to, to be buck different. the trend. That's why it doesn't right. have an engine grill. That's why it doesn't have this, that, I or know. the other thing. So it doesn't so have I, the gauges because even though it's it's it would be imp- wonderful to have gauges right above your eyes where you're watching the road. Well, that's the road. good design is function, right? Right. So I agree with you in that standpoint that it's a I, function I won't say, yes. first, design second. Well, Things have to work. Form follows function, right? Correct. Yeah, that, that's how it, it should be. Right. So why don't they just have like some gauges up there? But I, they don't I, want I know. to. They're trying to emphasize the minimalism of so it. So they're they're sacrificing design. For There's concept of, of idea, function for pizzazz or yeah, pizzazz, impact. Sure. Impact. Anyway, we'll say. so uh, I will say that I hate anything touchscreen. Anyways, give me tactile buttons. So there There's are, nothing wrong with a button. So there's this. Uh, there's these crazy buttons that have water in them. Oh, that I know. When you reach up. out to touch them, they 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 raise up to your On finger. A screen. You yeah, mean. they're really cool, and then it has like a tactile feel to it because it it the buttons come out of the screen when you put your finger out there. I'll. It's pretty With cool. Judgment until I see or feel that, I guess. Yeah, well, we'll see. It's better than none. That's why I like the haptic touch that the, the Apples have. Because you can kind of like get it, like at a... At least vibrates back. does something. Yeah, but I don't want to have to look. I want to be able to turn my giant knob in my Hummer because there's only three knobs. That's climate control right there, baby. Right. Well, yeah, but they feel that you don't need to do that anymore. Mm-hmm. That's They're saying we feel it needs to be this way. I you should, feel- too wrong so uh gimcon 10 is out did you watch it i haven't yet dude it's pretty good it- so gimcon 
Do you know where that term comes from? It's no. horse barrel racing. It's I, Gymkhana. I don't like the, the word because I can never spell it. So <laughs> I always just say, did you see the G10? And then everybody thinks I'm talking about like the G8 summit among, amongst political right. leaders. But so I, yeah. So no, I didn't, but barrel racing. It's horse barrel racing. Horse barrel racing. That's like a, a form of Gymkhana. So that's where it comes from because it's, if you've seen the videos, it's like doing the drifting well, around all the makes, stuff and makes everything Makes a lot else. of sense. So yes. I thought I didn't care about this. So I haven't seen I, so I saw like the first one was revolutionary, right? Yep. Like, oh, crazy! What's he doing? And the first, the next ones like kept getting bigger and better. And, and then I, I thought they were just kind of ridiculous. I kind of tuned out because it was almost just like eating your favorite food every day. Pretty soon, it's just not special anymore. Okay. Because like, when it first came out, I was floored. I was like, wow, this is really cool. Right. And you and did. Who is this guy? Who? Yeah. Who is he? Who's Ken Block? Right. Yeah. Exactly. And I was just like, wow, these are really, really great. This guy's doing all this cool shit. And then I started to go. Wait, how many takes was that? Right, you can see all the skid marks. Right, and then it's like, well, this is staged. Yes. And then I'm like, do I care <laughs> that it's staged or not? And then now I think I don't care anymore. Right. Because I'm com- I've come to this point. I mean, this has been like 10 years or whatever. Was there been one every year? Is it? Maybe. Maybe that's how it is. I'm not sure. But it's been I at least either. 10 years, around 10 years. Okay. And uh, things are a lot different in the motoring world than they were 10 years ago. So seeing something like this now is pretty moving when you see all this horsepower. And the the, video, the film starts out with just like, there's four or five different cars that, oh, are, really? that are in this. There's a, an old Ford truck. Yep. There's the, and they're the, all the Mustang. There's a Fiesta uh, rally car that is yep. in the snow. And then they have uh, an old, uh, in, was it an RS2, RS200? Oh, yeah, yeah. The Ford uh, Escort yeah. 200, whatever, RS thing. Yeah, like the for, old uh, RS two hundred two thousand. I'm gonna, I'm hating myself know. for not remembering um, right now, but but this um, is like he went around the world in it, right? Yeah, it's all different places okay. around the world, and it's really, really, really well done, well filmed. Really enjoyed it. Um, and then they they were like really promoting this, so there was like a making of Gimkana on yeah. YouTube, okay, or on Amazon. Well, supposedly Sorry. this is the last one. It says final, right? And I wanted to let you know that the, mm-hmm. the young rally driver that came with him on the ice section, his last name was Solberg. Well, there you go. Yeah. So that well, guy. Well, Petter Solberg is a very famous re- rally driver. So what happened to you? I don't know. Not there yet. <laughs> so everything, every clip always says closed course, professional driver, do not attempt. But all I wanted to do was attempt everything. <laughs> I just, I wanted to just get out and attempt all kinds of skids and. Yeah. Uh, but the best part of the whole movie uh-huh. the best part okay is you know that the, they have those big combines that drive above the corn oh, and yeah. like spray it he drives under one of those it haven't you always kind of like i don't know i think maybe i could drive under that oh like if you're in rural wisconsin and you see one on the on the road on the road driving between fields yeah you're oh kind, yeah 100%. you're kind of like in the driver's seat as you pass it and you're kind of turning your head and you're looking up yeah, I think I could drive under that thing. He does it. He drives under one. I'm like, yes, I've always wanted to do that. <laughs> I'm sure there's a ton of room to spare, do, too. Do not attempt. <laughs> yeah. Really want, I, I, if I feel like I could make it. If you had like a Miata or something, you could definitely Even do it. Even our 911s, I'm sure, are small enough to just go right under. Maybe. I would love to do it. It just, it would feel, and it, this comes from seeing the Fast and the Freest stuff back in the day where they drive the Civics Under underneath the, the semis. Under the tractor trailer? Yeah. yeah. That, I know. Which is, those, are, those tractor trailers are raised up, I think, so they could make that happen. Have you seen the video, though, of, it's someone's dash cam, and this motorcyclist is trying to pass this semi, and something happens, a gust, he gets clipped, and he goes under the semi-trailer by accident. Oh, yeah. And he, like, comes out the other side. He's like, uh, it happened so quick, you don't even know what happened. Right. But he's like, he should have died. 
This is why we need the video part of this podcast. That's why we, you could pull, pull it up and we right. can watch it right now and right. show everyone. That's coming, everybody. Yes, Don't that'll be our New Year's resolution. It. Yeah. So um, next on the news is the uh, the boring company. There's a little bit of Tesla news coming out right now. I don't yeah, know. It, well, it's Musk news. Musk news. It's speaking, got a nice Musk to it. <laughs> I was going to say, speaking of Musk, I wonder if there's a Musk mode on that fart box that they put in that. Wouldn't that be hilarious if you like have the scent too? Oh. Well, that's going to be the next thing. What does it smell like? Money burning or what? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> um, so the boring company finished something boring. Yeah. Um, so I want you to click. Uh, so basically, this is the tunnel that they built under that city that was basically <laughs> going to transport cars at 150 miles an hour. Now, click. We yep. were promised. So I this. saw like their uh, computer CGI rendering. It's like a glass bus and it goes from one place to the other doing 200 miles an hour 150 yeah and what we actually get is a model x with like some wheelie things so they have like these little casters bolted to the side of the wheels and it goes down this tunnel at 35 miles an hour like it doesn't even need to be a model x you could just bolt these casters onto whatever and put it on cruise you could but it would have to be this correct width this is like the problem is stupid the problem with this is you could only do a tesla model 3 because it or whatever or model X or whatever, it. or you have to retrofit, or your car has to be the right width. What if it can't fit? This is so. This is absolutely dumb. It's so basically what you do is you drive up, you go down an elevator uh-huh. into this tunnel, which right. is maybe twelve feet wide, maybe sure. at, at up. You know, up at the middle of the. There's still no problem with this. I'll let you know when there's a problem. And so then you take the car, you go down, and right. then you drive through this tunnel, right? And you come out the other side in a parking garage, and there you are. Right. So I want to read. Great. I want to read th- before we go. Look, I have all kinds of shit that's wrong with this. Okay. At the bottom here, but I want to read through some of the tunnels. Uh, sorry, some of the reviews that journalists have written okay. about this. The trip took. The trip through the tunnel took about two minutes, illuminated by the car's headlights and a strip of blue neon lights tacked to the ceiling. The Model X rolled on two molded concrete shelves along the wall, which were so uneven in places that it felt like riding on a dirt road. <laughs> Okay. Red lights atop the tunnel suddenly turned green. The Model X jolted forward, and we were off. The trip was bumpy at times, and we jostled against the tunnel. The narrow space made them made made for low speeds. We traveled mostly at 35 miles per hour. It felt faster. It felt like an amusement park ride. After two minutes, the car emerged from the tunnel into a large pit in the SpaceX parking lot. We kind of ran out of time, Musk said. The bumpiness will not be there down the road. It will be as smooth as glass. This is just a prototype. That's why it was a little rough around the edges. Angie Rise English, a former member of Hawthorne City Council, was among the first visitors to go through the tunnel. She said she had voted for the project and was glad to see the result. It's a little bumpy. I believe it's going to be improved. It's a test tunnel. I think it was cleverly done. I, I, I just, I don't, I don't, I don't understand. I don't, I don't get it. I don't, I don't understand. So, okay, what is the um, point of this tunnel? Right. So the point is, okay, it's it's better than like an underground train aka called a subway because now you can just take your own car you don't have to get out you don't have to walk to this place you get in you take your car you go down boom now you're on this like automated thing right so how many people are going to want to use this thing at once what if everyone wants to use it all at once you can't awesome. no it's great chris no you all like you're all going 200 miles an hour you drop in the tunnel all of a sudden you're going 200 miles an hour how are you going to cram all of these people because into it's this? all going to be automated, right? We're all going to use like whatever auto mode. It doesn't all matter. Go miles into it. Think of all the people that drive on a freeway or an interstate or anything else. So you're going to have hundreds and hundreds and thousands of cars because, right. Like it'll uh, be great. No, a, a train will carry like thirty thousand people right. in an hour or whatever it is. Yep. This is supposed to be like ten thousand people an hour. But to do that, you're going to have to do a car every two seconds, which is fine because they're going to be going really quick and they're all spaced together. 
The only problem with that... What if one breaks in the middle of the tunnel? Well, that won't happen. Come on. Then the next one will just push it. That's fine. The Come on. The problem no, is, how are you... in? So let's say, in theory, we have it packed full. They're all going 200 miles an hour. How do you get your car down there then, Chris? Yes, you can't. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> where are they going to merge in? You need in? like a giant entrance ramp where you can somehow get up to 200 miles an hour comfortably. Well, these cars are pretty fast. Let's they give are. them that. Okay, but so let's say all of a sudden like you're going to be experiencing 1.5 Gs <laughs> and your you're, you know, your your soccer nugget back there's Cheerios are now plastered <laughs> to the rear. And rear. the coffee? Yeah. From your not you can't there's no cup holder yeah, in these things right. cuz the design is fucking garbage. <laughs> so you're holding on to your Starbucks coffee which spills on your lap of your your dolphin gray interior. Uh, and that's why the dolphin's laughing at you from the steering wheel. This is just really, really No, but really then, dumb. okay, that's great. And then you have your exit, so you're just going to veer off and stop all of a sudden, and then all the Cheerios come flying up and hit you in the back of the head because you have to either start and stop really, really quickly or your ramps need to be, like, two miles long to get up to that and speed. And to make this worth it, you're going to have to have entrance ramps underneath the entire city everywhere. How are you going to cut all the dirt out from underneath these cities? Well, California's sinking anyways, so they'll just... <laughs> One user on Twitter says, Dear Elon Musk, Metroline 3 in Budapest has a train every 150 seconds in peak hours with a capacity of 28,200 people per hour. To provide this capacity with 5C cars, you would need three Teslas every two seconds, which is 94 cars a minute. How is this innovation and not a scam? <laughs> so after I read through all this, do you know what came to mind? There was one comment at the bottom, and it was the Simpsons episode of the With, monorail. Where they come and the, the guy tries the guy to goes, sell the monorail. 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 And it's all just a scam. Right. And he's just trying to get money from about, the city. He talks about Shelbyville and how Shelbyville, this seems like something Shelbyville would do. It's never good enough for Springfield. <laughs> and everybody stands up and goes, oh, no, no, please pick us. Right. It's exactly this is what's going to happen. It's ex ex San exactly Francisco is, is going to be bidding against downtown L.A. to get the first tunnel boring thing. And it's going to be dumb. So it looks nothing like the original concept, which is kind of cool, but it's just an automated bus. Don't we have buses that drive no. around by themselves anyway? On yeah, these, I rode like, on one. It's not a big deal. I don't, un I don't understand. What I actually like about it, it makes sense. It's cool that you don't have to like, it's not a separate train, right? It's Think about ideally, here's what ideally would be. It'd be you like drive up into a car wash type thing or something, and it'd lower you down onto like a train car. And then you take this train car at 200 miles an hour up to the next city, and then you can get off. This is ridiculous because a train, a car on top of a train, think of how many more people you could just put in the train. Yeah, you but put the, the convenience of just being able to drive in there. Like, they do that in uh, Germany, I think, to go under the tunnel, right? You can, like, get your car onto a thing. You mean under the channel yeah. in England? Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. So here's the, here's the way that I think that this could could work is if you have an outlying area that's mm -hmm. trying to get into an urban location okay which is a parking ramp you could have you could funnel all a large amount of people to one place and that's where they leave their car right you can't have a bunch of in and out and true that's the only way that it could work you it's, know what would work better than that more efficiently a park and ride there you go <laughs> and it wouldn't cost god how much did this cost i oh, can't my imagine god. and it only went for how long like uh, two miles who knows just I, it makes no sense. It's the stupidest shit I've ever seen. Let's hope it dies here. Yeah. I hope he's embarrassed. He's like defending himself all over Twitter today. And I well, why even? I don't know why this was a publicity stunt. It should have been like, well, it's still coming. It's not ready. Like, why would you? Why would you even tell anyone about this? Because it looks so bad. You have to put little roller skate wheels on your car. 
to yeah, get it to work. You think with the autonomy so of a Tesla. So do you drive around when you get to where you're going? Do you just leave these stupid roller skate looking things <laughs> in your car? You're going to clip pedestrians' shins with these things. It's true. It's so I don't know dumb. why if the Tesla has the automated cruise control and everything else and it can stay between lanes, why does it need those? I don't know. Right? Because level zero. That's This whole idea is level zero. All right. Anyway, let's move on. You've got um, the Audi e-tron first drive on here. Is that something you want to talk about? Yeah, sure. So, I mean, Audi, uh, there was the e-tron that they've been producing, and we've obviously driven it. We haven't, but journalists have. And it's it's interesting because it's totally underwhelming in the sense that it's a Q5, but it's electric. Bottom line, it's not some quirky electric vehicle. Quote, it sounds bad to say that the slightly bigger than a Q5 2019 Audi e-tron EV is unremarkable, but I don't mean that as negative. After putting about 200 miles on one, the only reason not to buy one is if you regular road trips, to be honest, 240 mile some range. So here's the antithesis of Tesla. It's not trying to be different and crazy design. It is, doesn't have a grill because it doesn't right. need one. It's just, hey, what if we took our top selling model, the Q5, and just made it electric? And it's great. That's what people are saying. Do you think that there's like room for Tesla as like, like a little microeconomy with people that just love weird shit? I mean, yeah, there's always that. Do you think? But they've already. But why buy that when you can just have a normal car that well, has all the benefits? That, there's people that like to eat weird food too. Little foodie people that go and find like the little hole in the wall places. It's kind of a hobby for them, right? You know, but obviously, a lot more people eat at Chili's and TGI Fridays. <laughs> <laughs> I yeah, I don't know. Interesting analogy, but all right, let's move into some listener. You questions. know what? The paint is still good on an Audi, That's not true. a Tesla. That's true. Very true. All right, let's get into some listener. Uh, questions sure. and input here. I've got uh, Austin Thompson says, first time caller. So I just got done listening to Monday's episode and I wanted to see what you guys think of this. So over the past weekend, my friends and I got to talking about cars. Slight context. These two know nothing about cars. <laughs> anyway, they both had the same view that they wanted to trade their current cars in for SUVs or crossovers. Also, we are 23 years and old with no kids or no wives. When I asked them why, they said it was more convenient. Well, that got me thinking. So I asked some other friends and coworkers, and they said the same thing, that driving a cool car would be fun, but it's not practical, and it's expensive. I think that car enthusiasts are like the cowboys of the Old West. We are just slowly suffocating in a world that doesn't have much need for us anymore. Also, listen to Red Bar Shadow by Rush. It's pretty neat. <laughs> Which is basically a song about, you know. About an old cowboy. Basically. Okay. So, I mean, he's exactly right. You know, I, I, don't, I don't have too much to say beyond, yes, you are correct. Um, I don't know why people especially if you don't need it, would see a SUV or crossover as more useful It doesn't or convenient? It's How is it more useful or convenient if you don't need it? Because do you really need all the space in your refrigerator all the time? Yes. No. You should see my refrigerator. Okay, well, you might be weird. But my point is it's an appliance, so why not have the appliance that does all the things Rather than, but the, it is more, I don't know what the sports car analogy would but it's, be. But it's It'd be more their expensive. tube amps, right? It'd be like your vintage tube amps. Well, that's stupid. When I can just have my sound bar built into my TV, why wouldn't I have that? That's more practical. Yeah, but the, the cars are actually cheaper. He says that they're, they're cheaper to own not, and more convenient, but they're not. Well, not when you can't do any of your own maintenance. You don't know how to fill up a tire. You don't know anything else. So you're just going to lease them anyways. Why lease the you know, whatever sports car versus the entry-level SUV. Right. I don't know. Yeah, I have no idea. Anyway, all right, next one. Um, I have a suggestion for the podcast. This is from 
S-K-L-B-S-E on Instagram. I should just open his. I don't have his profile open. Now, I have a suggestion for the podcast. A quick primer on taking pictures of your own car. Lighting, angles, backgrounds, nothing too special, assuming you are just using your phone. Just the basics. All so, right. the, so I'll take this one, Chris, because I'm obviously the professional here okay. when it comes to. I thought taking, I would answer this one. But no, go ahead. no, this one's obviously me. Okay, go I ahead. know you had you dabble in photography, but really you just need to make sure the car is in the frame. That's it. That's, that's all it that's takes. My advice. I'll um, let you if you have some gaps to fill in there. Yeah. So basically, the the thing you need to do is what the mistake most people do is they take a lot of photos at eye level. Um, that's basically the problem no one wants to see something else as you saw it unless you're really really talented you need to get away from eye level and uh, also look up the rule of thirds those are the two things that will will really help you just find some creative angles so that's composition what about like lighting uh well the phones handle lighting pretty well obviously you the in the morning and the evening is is better because you get less reflections on the car but uh backgrounds honestly don't matter that much you don't want to have a a background that's busier than your subject you know that's kind of the you know i used to focus on backgrounds a lot i'm like oh what background can i have for this photo it's more about having a background that is inconsequential you want it to not interfere with the photo you want it to complement the car Mm -hmm. complement what you're doing so i don't really think about it the same way as i used to anymore i want something that's you know not intrusive not too busy yeah, yeah. Well, so, hopefully that helps us. Yeah, look up the rule of thirds. That's really the, the best place to start. And, you know, even when you're not having the whole car in the shot, if you're, you know, trying to crop, like, the rear of the car the or the trunk or something like that or doing something interior, put whatever is the important part of the photo that you're trying to focus on on that intersection yeah, on, the grid. That, on, the, on the grid. And your phone has the grid built in. It will third the grid for you with mm-hmm. the little crop lines. So that'll, that'll help you out a little bit. Cool. Next question is from Hank. Looking at an old ad for a wrecked Prius today, I thought of this. With the rise of EVs in the world and the car enthusiasts being what they are, do you think we'll start seeing high-performance motor battery pack swaps into other EVs? Yes. Yeah, I, I agree. It's already 100%. happening. Um, yep. There's guys that are taking the Nissan Leaf engines okay. and reprogram, ro- reprogramming them to run a higher voltage, and it's around 400 horsepower. And wow. you can put a Nissan Leaf drivetrain. There's guys that have done it in their little Civics and stuff like that. Oh, wow. And they're just, like, out of this world fast. Just, well, I just crazy shit. There was the video on like underground racing or whatever where the guy just took his bone stock Tesla, ripped out the interior, and brought it to like a drag night with all these like high power Mustangs and everything else, these, you know, like nine second cars, and just smoked them all. Right. And everyone was just so pissed at him. And he's like, Yeah, I, I could also. There's a company now that's like upping the amps on the battery pack as far as output and everything else so yeah i mean there's already people doing it there's already a market for it it's it's inevitable really you're just gonna have to suck it up and deal with it i know and if the whole point is going fast i mean now i mean the tesla is faster than you know most sports cars out there almost everything the thing is is that for me motoring became so much more about being fast you know, there's so much more to it than that. Right. It's, 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 it's the experience. Chasing horsepower is something that you, it never ends. You just have to understand well, I that. I feel bad for the guys who are like building up their, you know, LSs and their small block Chevys and like sunk all this money into them and superchargers and turbos and everything else. And they go out there and they're no faster than a Tesla off the lot. So what? They wouldn't be any faster than a lot of race cars that are out there either. They're not going to be faster than, there's chip Volkswagen Golf R's. That will clean up some of those big block cars just because they're 375 horsepower. They don't weigh anything. They've got DSG. They're all wheel drive. They're fast with just a chip. 
and you put like a KO4 on them and stuff like that, you put very, very little money into some of these turboed cars to make them very, very fast. And they're still not going to be as fast as a Tesla. But I think you just have to kind of accept that and accept what you're dealing with. And if you don't like it, go. if it bothers you that much and you really just need to go faster, mm-hmm. put an electric motor in your car. I guess so. I mean, that's, that's basically what it's going to come down to. Yeah. You know, I don't think you're going to see like classes of racing that are going to inter- intermingle. You'll never see that. These classes are going to be separate. They're not going to, you know, you're not going to have inter, what would it be? Inter, inter drive train or inter, inter drive train. I was <laughs> I'm thinking of interracial. <laughs> <laughs> no. So it's, uh, you just have to kind of accept it and just deal with it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, next question from Lewis. How much influence do you think the automakers have in creating trends? I.e., for example, EVs and autonomous vehicles, funky option packages, etc., versus a demand happening for them organically. He says, I've noticed over the years that they create the trend, not the public wanting it. For example, if Toyota made 80% of their cars beige, then at the end of the year, a report will show that beige is the most popular color of car. People may not necessarily have chosen beige, but it's what they're, it's what was there and it was a convenient purchase so that's what they got it doesn't mean it was a popular color it just means that there was a bunch of them for sale and people bought them um maybe but i think there's probably more to it than that i think a lot of the manufacturers do a lot of focus groups and find out say. what people want and then they kind of push that i think a lot of stuff is also um forced by regulation you know like backup True. cameras there's people like that won't buy my tahoe that's for sale because it doesn't have a backup camera oh i gotta have a backup camera with that oh i gotta have a backup oh i gotta have a dvd player with that or whatever so, so well you're, you're the kinda, backup camera was regulated that you right, must have them but and now it's shaped, a desire i was gonna say you, you kind of just argued against yourself because that shaped consumer behavior and what they wanted because it was regulated in, they had to offer it. And yeah, now, but this because is, they offered it, everyone this is about wants the, it. This is about the auto, whether well, automakers are influencing. I'm saying, no, sometimes it's government regulation True. as well. I think there's a lot of different hands in play. And I think... Yeah, I, I will say, I think there's a lot more going on. These companies aren't spending millions to retool their facilities just on a whim because they think beige is going to be better than black. They know. Right. They do a ton of focus groups, like you said, and market research and put a ton they of money They have a lot of data it. with all the people that purchase their cars. They can look up the demographics. They know right. exactly what it is that people want. I for will sure. say you might see some of what you're talking about, Lewis, on a localized scale. I think there was actually a comment in this thread where you asked it. One guy said, for whatever reason, there was, I think it was Winnipeg or somewhere, a car uh, dealership or ordered like only white cars for some sort of promotion and to this day in that town all you see are white cars <laughs> right. right so in a localized environment i think you certainly can see that but as far as what the automakers are pushing i think it's more than just saying on a whim we like beige right it's it's they will give the people what they want they want to sell cars they don't want to change the world Unless you're Tesla. <laughs> I was gonna say and, and, and in that case you just rely on the government to shove it down everybody's throat. And real boring companies right merry christmas everybody on that note, happy new year we're gonna let you guys go and uh, we hope you enjoy your time with your families and your friends and uh be giving be charitable and uh take care of everyone around you this this holiday season and uh, we'll see you next week take care Put some records on while I fall. The neighbors might But baby, it's bad out there. Say, what's in this drink? No caps to be had out there. I wish I knew how. Your eyes are like stars right break now. This spell. I'll take your hat. Your hair looks swell. I ought to say no, 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 Mind sir. if I move in closer? At least I'm going to say that I try. What's the sense of hurting my pride? I really can't Oh, baby, stay. don't hold out, baby. Oh, it's, it's cold, cold outside. outside. Thank you.
Baby, it's cold outside. The answer is no. Baby, it's cold outside. The welcome has been... How lucky that you dropped in. So nice and warm. Look out the window at that storm. My sister will be... Gosh, your lips look delicious. My brother will be there at the door. Waves upon a tropical shore. My maid Ned's mind is fishing. Gosh, your lips are delicious. Or maybe just a cigarette more. Never such a blizzard before. I've got to get but home. But baby, you'd freeze out there. Say, lend me a call. It's up to your knees out there. You've really been great. I thrill when you touch but my hand. don't you see? How can you do this thing to me? It's bound to be talked tomorrow. Think of my life. Lifelong At sorrow. least there will be plenty implied. If you got pneumonia and die, really get stay. over that old doubt, baby. Oh, but it's, it's cold, cold outside. I really can't but stay. Baby, it's cold outside. I've got to go away. Baby, it's cold outside. This evening has been, been hoping that you'd drop so me. very nice. I'll hold your hand. They're just like My mother will start to worry. Beautiful, what's your My father will be pacing the floor. Listen to the fireplace so roar. So really, I'd better scurry. Beautiful, please don't hurry. Maybe just a little drink more. Put some records on while I pour. The neighbors might But think. baby, it's bad out there. Say what's in this no drink. No cabs to be had out there. I wish I knew how. Your eyes are like stars To right break now. the spell. I'll take your hat. Your hair I ought to say no, no, senor. At close. least I'm going to say that I tried. What's the sense of hurting my pride? I really can't oh, stay. Oh, baby, don't hold out, oh, baby. But it's, it's cold, cold outside. You simply must go. Baby, it's cold outside. The answer is but no. But baby, it's cold outside. The greeting has been lucky that I dropped so in. nice and warm. Look out the window at that Your storm. sister will be suspicious. Gosh, your lips look delicious. Your brother will be there at the door. Waves upon a tropical shore. Your maiden aunt's mind is vicious. Gosh, your lips are delicious. Maybe just a cigarette Never more. such a blizzard before. You've got to go but home. But baby, I'd freeze out there. I'll lend you my coat. It's up to my knees out there. You've really been grand. Real when you touch me. But don't you see? How can you do this thing to There's me? There's bound to be talk tomorrow. Think of your lifelong. At sorrow. least there will be plenty implied. If I caught pneumonia and died. Really can't Get stay. over that old out, oh, baby. But it's, it's cold, cold outside. outside.